Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What is up, Sporting Kansas City fans? Welcome to this week's Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for all things SKC soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Allie Trost-Martin, joined by Nate Bucati, who is joining us after undergoing knee surgery yesterday. So, Nate, you have been quite the trooper. How are you doing? You got that so you can, you know... Keep that adult league, Hot Guys United, uh, yeah. flying. I'm right? not. I'm not sure if there's going to be a return to Hot Guys United or not. Um, <gasps> Whoa! Do we have breaking news on the show? Well, I've I've been th- I've been contemplating it. I don't want to hang him up, but I also did. If I went out now, I would be going out as as a Johnson County Adult League Over 30 League champion who scored a goal in the championship game. Um, not quite a Jordan walk off or anything, but I did. You know that is a pretty good way to call it quits. I had it in my mind I would play in the over-30 league till I was 50 years old. We'll see how the knee feels coming back from this. Um, but I, I – uh, so I don't know yet. I'm not sure. And also, this new work travel thing has got me out of yeah. town almost every Friday anyway. So I'm probably at best going to be a guest player going forward. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. But the knee feels actually pretty good. The surgery seemed to be a big success, and it was a minor one. Um, not No crutches or anything. Yeah. So I think uh, – I'm hoping it won't be too long before I'm – I'm, I'm at least media game available. I yeah, don't know. I was going to yeah. ask. That was my next question. I was The only reason I was thinking of that is because somebody uh, brought it up today out at the uh, facility. And I was like, you know what? I've really never been able to participate in the media mm-hmm. games because of all the TV stuff. But now I'm hoping like radio, get a little extra long halftime break in there. I don't know. It's been too long. I, I'm uh, definitely the most accomplished media slash fantasy camper in all of Kansas City media history. You've I'm had giving some really good that award. Yeah. I, I mean, no one can argue with you. You've played probably in more of them yep. than most people. And, and produced. And produced and almost <laughs> every time, Allie. I've got trophies. I've got wins. Game-winning assists to the current one last year. That was very impressive. You know, so I'm just, I'm, you know. I'm not trying to brag, but I'm trying to brag here. Hey, and, and now you're now you're getting clean up knee surgeries just to yeah. stay on top of your game. Yeah. That's uh that's someone who's truly committed. Well, <laughs> let's talk some sporting Kansas City. They fall one nil to the Colorado Rapids last weekend at home. Now winless in seven games going into match day eight. Still looking for that first win. The offensive productivity productivity has been lacking. There's just it's been a hard time for sporting Kansas City. There's no other no other way around it, no other way to put it. The team's frustrated. The fans are frustrated. It's a frustrating time. And, um, you know, I I think what's interesting in all of this is that, you know, even being out at the training facility and around some of the players and talking to different guys and, and, you know, talking with our good friend Jacob Peterson, who, of course, will be on the call with me this weekend for the game against San Jose Earthquakes, is that there's still been a, a level of, I don't want to say positivity, but a, a a mentality, a strong mentality that has persisted despite some of the the struggles on the field. Um, and I don't know what that what that means, if that's going to just mean that, hey, this weekend when it's going to turn around and once it starts turning around, the floodgates are going to open. I think that's how um, a lot of, 
you know, the players feel. We talked with Graham Zusi today out at the media availability at Compass Minerals uh, National Performance Center. And, you know, that's what he said is that he really feels like once they start finding the back of the net and get that first win, have that weight lifted, that things are really going to start trending in the right direction. But, you know, Nate, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the game. Um, it was disappointing to say the least just sporting Kansas City really dominated a a lot of that game had some good chances and then just one really good play by Diego Rubio um to to stick with it and and find the back of the net on on a counter uh kind of sealed the deal yeah I mean that's one of the things you know Remy can't give the ball away there um and I know he felt like he was fouled in the situation but that's one of the things when you play the style that sporting play and you get those numbers up the field that's an area where you just can't turn it over, even if you got to kick the ball out of bounds mm-hmm. or whatever, because you don't have the organization defensively to get back. Peter talks all the time about active defending, but that's when the ball's up the field into the other team's defensive third, and you've got space on the field to recover and anticipate. When you give the ball away right on the edge of your own third while everybody else is pressed up the field. With loads of space yeah. in front of a, a yeah. quick player like Diego Rubio, yeah. I think – you know, you just had Castellanos really was the only one who was trying to retreat back in a position. And it was a smart play. I mean, the way that he, yeah. you know, kind of even tricked Melia a bit um, with his hips and, and then found uh, that near corner. Um, yeah. You got to yeah. give him a little bit of credit. For sure. And you just, you know, it's a mistake you can't make. And, and I'm not trying to pick on Remy there because it's not like that. He's the only person that made a mistake during the course of the game. That one got punished. So that one ends up in, in the difference in the game. But to go back to what you were saying about the attitude of the team overall and all that, I'm getting a really interesting perspective this year on watching this really rough start of a season unfold from 30,000 feet mm-hmm. you know, away. Um, I, I don't get as emotionally impacted by the wins and losses because I'm not watching them in real time. When I go back and watch the game, I already know what the result is. And it feels different when you watch a game and you know what the result is and you're watching for how did it happen and all those things, and I'm not being hit. I'm just like, you know, you, typically my reaction so far this year, I get done with my game in, in New York this time around, and I look at the score and I go, well, you know, the game the game was still being going on. It was nil-nil, yeah. I think, when our game ended. And then I, you know, and I look back and I'm like, oh, they lost? They didn't score again? And you're just like, what? You know, like that's – then you're like, this just doesn't make any sense. And if you had told me before the season, this team's going to struggle defensively. I would have believed you. They went in knowing there was a big question at center back, right? The fullbacks were are, are aging and 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 not particularly pacey. They went out and got an answer at left back. They thought um, they've got a young guy that's supposed to be helping Graham Zusi on the right, and he he gets injured. The left back they get gets injured, and so if you told me that there's gonna be some problems on the back line, yeah, I believe you. But if you had told me this team's not going to score, they're going to score two goals in the first seven games after the way they finished last year with Tommy and Agata, I would have said, you're nuts. There's just no way. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm looking, I'll give you a couple of stats that I've been looking at. There's a stat that they keep um, called progressive carries. Mm-hmm. 10 yards or more, forcing the defenders, you know, carrying the ball into the penalty areas is one version of a carry. Sporting Kansas City lead all of Major League Soccer in progressive carries. Progressive passes, Sporting Kansas City are fourth in all of Major League Soccer. The mindset of going forward and being dangerous and carrying the ball into dangerous areas and passing the ball into dangerous areas is there. The expected goals numbers are better than what they're performing, but they're still not great. 
th- that last ball, that last moment, those oper- the, the ability to turn those aggressive actions into great chances has not been there yet. I still remain steadfastly in belief that this team is going to start scoring goals, and there might be a floodgate that comes open at some point. Yeah. Um, and Gotti Keenda coming back will add to that as well. I hope it's not too late, you know. But I actually think the defense is showing signs that they can continue to grow together, and once they get everybody back there, um, that that they can be solid. So I still think that there is a, a very good team waiting to to bloom in front of our eyes and I just hope it doesn't take too long for it to happen to where it doesn't matter absolutely and Peter Vermees even said this week you know he doesn't put that Diego Rubio goal on the back line necessarily and really if you take out that Seattle game where the the wheels kind of came off and you get the red card you're playing down a man Seattle put up two more after that if you take out that game and you look at the goals that Sporting's conceded this season they haven't been this flimsy easy to break down back line and not even just back four back five you know if you're including uh the defense uh defensive midfielder in that but the whole team has been hard to to break down and and to have fixed that part and then to have these struggles offensively like you said Nate with how well the team finished last season and to have you know in large part a lot of those players back on the field it it just makes you wonder what is the issue um and you know just looking at some of those stats as well to to your point, you know, leading or being near the top of the league in terms of progressive carries, progressive passes, second in MLS in both shots and shots on target. Um, they, they rank second in corner kicks, third in shooting accuracy, but they have 39 shots blocked this season. And I think that when you look at these games, and in particular the ones in which they are generating a lot of those chances, it's the quality of some of those looks. And that was something that manager Peter Vermees touched on when he addressed the media on Thursday after training was where he sees this team maybe finding their way through some of those struggles offensively because it hasn't been for lack of trying. So here's what manager Peter Vermees had to say this week about his team's offensive struggles. Yeah, I, I wish I could say that there was this magical exercise that I could put the guys through and now all of a sudden everybody's hitting the back of the net. Um, I, I've, there's, there's times where, you know, over my career as a player and my career as a coach, there's obviously I've been around uh, teams that have struggled a little bit at times with, with scoring and there's also been times where I've been around individuals that have struggled as well. If there's one thing that's always the same for me and, and always has been is that you, if you are fearful of getting into those positions to then score or you don't want to pull the trigger, if you get into that world and, you stop and, you, and you're like really conservative about how you go about things, you won't solve the problem. You, you got to be, you got to have courage, you got to have bravery, you got to go for it, you got to take risks, you got to do all those things and you got to be willing to get in front of the goal and, and potentially miss again. Because uh, I, I think that happens a lot more uh, on any team than it does the other way, right? It's why games aren't 10 to 8, you know, it's the way it is. Um, and so you got to be willing and you got to be brave enough to get in front of there again and go take those risks and take those chances. All right, Nate, so no magical exercise that they can do in training, but, you know, using words like courage, bravery, and not being afraid to keep going and missing and just making better decisions. And I and I, I wonder, too, how much of it comes down to, you know, the more, and we've talked about this before, the more that the games kind of drag on and, and 
results start to turn into trends and, and trends start to turn negative and you, you start to just maybe feel some of the, the nerves of just wanting to, to get out of it, just wanting to find your way on the other side. And this is a competitive group. It's also a group of, of guys who do have the, the individual ability to make things happen. But sometimes it, it may be a, a few too many of those instances where it's for you know, foregoing the, the simple pass or, or the, the simple play to try and, and, and make something happen just to, I don't want to say even be the hero because they're wanting to do it for the, the betterment of yeah. the team. but To be the solution, to be, yeah. the, to be the guy that helps make something happen. Um, George Brett always had an old line that was great, is when you're struggling, you got to try easier. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and it's a great line. You know, there's something there's something to be said for that. And, you know, I think a lot of those blocks, I think that's the stat. You know, when I watch Sporting Kansas City games, it is a lot of, OK, do I pull the trigger here or do I try one more pass? And there's a lot of pulling the trigger with four bodies in front of you. And um, and it ends up in a block shot, you know, and maybe one more pass is the key. Now, it's easy to say that when you're watching the game live, when everything's going smooth. They're, you're not even thinking about it. You're just playing the game. And I think I just think it's going to take a goal or two to get the guys going. Um, we're going to be talking about this in a little bit. Unfortunately, I think this is a tough place to go to me. To play this San Jose team right now uh, is a tough place to go make that happen. But this is MLS. And usually it's when you say to yourself, oh, the, all the cards are stacked in one way. The result goes the other. So, Maybe Sporting KC can be the kind of team that that uh, that makes that trend continue of of maybe a surprising result because I think this is a good San Jose team in a good spot right now. Where Sp- Sporting Kansas City to me have the potential to be a good team that are in a bad spot right now. Yeah, and and I think the one positive that you do look at with the Sporting team it's that it's not like you watch these games and largely come away feeling like the team really just played bad or that right. they didn't right. have the effort. And I think that is the positive and also the the big point of frustration not just for the fans but for the players as well is going out there feeling like you're you're executing the game plan or, or coming out and driving the game that, the way that you want to getting yourselves in uh, in good positions putting together these strong defensive performances yet not being able to find those results and not being able to find the back of the net like you said anything can happen in MLS this has been a uh, a, a pretty solid San Jose Earthquakes team to start the season. They've been excellent at home and will likely be playing even more inspired this weekend after everything that transpired, uh, unfortunately, on the road against the New York Red Bulls last weekend. Uh, we'll touch on some of that and more coming up in the next segment as uh, we are off and running here on the Sporting Kansas City show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Coming up next in segment number two, Max Cordaro will join us. He is uh, one of the broadcasters on the Spanish language side on MLS Season Pass on the Apple TV app. And he will be our guest to talk all things San Jose earthquakes and more. That is coming up next here on the Sporting Kansas City Show. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we are back on the Sporting Kansas City Show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Allie Trost Martin, Nate Bucati, now joined by a very special guest, Max Cordaro, uh, going to be calling this match between Sporting Kansas City and the San Jose Earthquakes on MLS Season Pass on the Apple TV app on the Spanish language side. Uh, and he's located in the Bay Area as well, so he's got... Uh, the pulse on the San Jose Earthquakes team. He's also a good buddy of our friend Nate Bucati. They were on the road together exploring the lovely city of New York and, uh, of course, were on the, the game last weekend for the Earthquakes and New York Red Bulls. Uh, Max, how are you doing? 
Hi, guys. Thank you very much for the invitation. And it's always a pleasure to talk about soccer, especially with uh, good friends. And, well, yeah, that, that New York experience with Nate was for sure fun. And, well, it was a complex match that I think it will be in the Major League Soccer books, not especially for a uh, happy episode, but it gives everybody a lesson uh, towards to the future for sure. Well, and I'll let you guys uh, maybe touch on a, a few of the things that you got to do in New York, but I want to first start with, with what you said there, and that is, of course, everything that transpired in that New York Red Bulls and San Jose Earthquake game. By now, uh, most of you may know that there was what was at the time an alleged racial slur used on the pitch uh, directed from the New York Red Bulls player uh, Dante Van Zier to um, someone on the opposing side for the San Jose Earthquakes. Jeremy Abobasi, um reacted, and from there, there was a lot of question marks about what was going on. And Nate, you, of course, and Max were both on the call for that game and, and were dealing with it in real time and I think did so uh, brilliantly just given um, all the question marks that were surrounding what was happening. Um, and Van Zier has now stepped away from the club and we learned that in a in a report that came out earlier this week. But just, you know, for you guys, just being there firsthand and witnessing that, just what can you tell us about um, the atmosphere in the stadium and from your perspective um, when that all went down? Well, um, it was a tough moment. Uh, I have to say from my side, at first there was confusion because we were trying to figure out exactly what was going on and our production team was brilliant try to give us all the information that we could have to tell the story about this complex uh, situation but even without information you could sense that something big was going on uh, because you confirmed that there was no, there was not a problem with the VAR communication. Uh, there was not uh, an important health situation with any of, of the players. So you could tell that something really, really huge was going on. Um, you can debate about if the referee should, you know, just let investigate this after and let's play but we have to understand and be emphatic with with the referee and i think me analyzing the situation days after i think he he was responsible with the situation and not thinking just about the spectacle and and the game but as soon as the game ended and uh, jamie and nate uh, were able to to speak with jeremy bobizet just seeing uh, the look on his face, his voice like crushing and trying to find words, that was hard. And when we went to the dressing room area, you can tell about the faces, about this heavy environment that you were in. Uh, it is a, a, really, a really sad situation, but in sad situation, then comes the human part and the the values that 
person and organizations can have. And I think especially from the New York Red Bulls, uh, I think that, yeah, it's a player of their institution, but they really focus on give the example, on uh, be as much as they can help with the Major League Soccer to figure out all the situation. And with all the statements from the player, from the coach, and from the club, I think that uh, they are given the example that even if a situation is going to uh, end with an important disciplinary sanction that it, it's more, more like what is going to happen with Dante Benzer, I think that the New York Red Bulls are, are given an important statement of think about respect, think about, uh, you know, be hard on this delicate episode as racism. And it's a sad situation, but I hope that it's going to be one of those moments that are breaking points to these things never happen again. Yeah, there's no place for any of that in the game. And uh, like you said, Jeremy Abobasi, it was crushing to have to watch um, him try to find the words after the game, a situation he should have never been put in, and, and hopefully um, a, a page that is in the history books and, and not what we will see as we move forward and, and past this incident. But, Nate, what was, um, you know, I, I know you were there as well and also similarly had to uh, try to navigate that in real time. Yeah, it was really um, an ironic way to <clears throat> have the weekend punctuated because, as we were joking before this, you know, I met Max. One of my favorite things about doing these Apple games so far has been getting to know all of these other broadcasters and especially the Spanish language guys because it's interesting. There's this juxtaposition where a guy like Max and I have so much in common, what we do for a living, what we're passionate about. But our life stories, you know, Max was born in Italy and grew up in Venezuela. You know, I grew up in Kansas City and lived in Kansas pretty much my whole life. And so comparing notes on what our childhoods were like, but also comparing notes on what we love about soccer commentary makes for a really fun way to get to know people. And we ended up this the morning of the game, Max, his play-by-play -play partner, Oscar, Jamie Watson and I, went down to have breakfast, and we must have sat in the hotel lobby for two or three hours talking about yeah. soccer play-by-play, -play. just what we believe, like what makes for a good goal call. What goal calls do we remember? Max's partner, Oscar, has a tattoo of the goal that Maradona scored in the World Cup that most people think is the greatest individual goal in World Cup history on his arm because it matters so much to him. And <clears throat> so we were talking about all that, and we spent a lot of time talking about the great moments in soccer and how much you want to be a part of that as announcer. We didn't spend a single second talking about the terrible moments that you don't know if they're going to come and how you handle them as a broadcaster. We didn't, we got a couple of pretty good goals to call at the end, but there was a, a shadow hanging over all of those moments. And what we had, the reason this game will be remembered, the only part that most, for the most part, people will remember was the bad part, this terrible thing that happened on the field and you need to be prepared for that as much as a broadcaster, unfortunately, as you are. We all went there hoping to call the best goal we've ever seen in our lives. We didn't yeah. go hoping to see an incident, of race, an incident of racism on the field. And it breaks your heart to see it. And then you feel like you need to handle this the appropriate way. 
And I know Max, we all we all went and had a couple beers after the game and talked about like, you know, our thoughts on it, how we handled it. Do we feel like we handled it the right way? What do you think the league's going to do? Um, that that dominated the conversation the rest of the night. If there is a positive out of it, I thought the four of us had a great conversation about what race relations in America mean and how they compare to other countries that Max has lived in and and Oscar's lived in and um, the kind of conversations that hopefully would help people grow in their understanding of how could something like this even happen and how do we keep it from ever happening again. Um, so I guess I'll try to find a positive in it there. Um, but uh, it, it, it was like a juxtaposition of the weekend all around that moment was a big shining light to me of all the things I love about soccer, how it connects people from all over the world, how, you know, it's this beautiful game that, that, that affects us all emotionally in this wonderful way. And then right in the middle of a weekend where I got to experience all that firsthand was dropped this reminder of the ugly part of the game that, that we need to just do everything we can to fight against. And, um, and I, hope that that, I hope that this ends up becoming one of those cases where the way it was handled by, first of all, I want to say, Max, you're closer to the team than me, and this is how I'll spin it forward so we don't spend all day talking about this, but... I come away, first of all, I had already had so much respect for Jeremy Abobasi just in the, cho- the few moments I've had a chance to talk with him. Um, I didn't know that I could have even more respect for him, but seeing the way he handled himself in an incredibly emotional moment to have the composure to answer the questions that I gave him and then the rest of the media, he talked to them too afterwards. Yeah. I just came away even more impressed with what a what an amazing human he seems to be and the way he handled himself in a very difficult situation. I thought that Luchi Gonzalez came away from this looking like the kind of coach you want to play for and play with. And I thought that the team themselves handled them. I thought the whole San Jose team uh, came, looked, came out of that looking... Um, just very good out of the way they handled the whole situation. And, and, and that's how I'll spin it forward. Max, I was talking to a buddy of mine last night. This already to me was a dangerous San Jose team. As I was getting ready for them playing New York, I thought I was, this is a good team. We, they, they've got attacking players that are dangerous. They've got a midfield that's full of guys with good engines that play hard. Jackson Ewell was the best player on that field, in my opinion, against the New York Red Bulls. They've got, they've got good, solid center backs. They've got, you know, athletic fullbacks that can get up the field. And, um, and now, they are together. And I think they already were buying into Luchi Gonzalez. They seem like a team that had a good spirit about them. But this is the type of moment that, to me, drives a team even closer together where they're mad. They're mad about what happened last week. They're, they, they, and it doesn't really matter who they're mad at. They're together. That's my sense coming out of that, Max. You're with them. Do you agree with, with, with my assessment in general? Do you, do you have anything you'd add to how they come away from this emotionally after that game last weekend? Absolutely, Nate. This kind of situation helps you understand how much union and how much chemistry there is in a group. And I think even before this awful episode, people saw in San Jose something different comparing from last season. I arrived in the Bay Area in... uh, May of last year, almost a year here in the Bay Area. And despite the results, despite that uh, Almeida was already 
uh, fire and uh, Covello tried to get the pieces together for the rest of the season, you didn't see a team with, uh, you know, perspective of doing something with uh, hopes to achieve playoffs. Uh, there was no uh, mentality to compete, sadly. Uh, but when Luchi Gonzalez arrived, and he said it back in the press conference where the, when he was presented as the new head coach of the San Jose Earthquakes, that the emotional thing, that get back that confidence, that get back that competitive spirit, it's going to be his first task. And, guys, he, he's really doing it because you see on the pitch how this team competes, how this team is very solid in all the phases of the game, especially defensively. And here we have to give credit as well to, to the board because I remember when the season was uh, ending back in 2022, Players like Trauco, players like Acapo, players like Rodriguez were arriving and they were not fit to compete. And you wonder why this transfers right now. But they were thinking ahead. And that's what planning is about. You know that the 2022 season was already over, so they need to be one step ahead of the rest. And, and they did. Because Trauco maybe now is not a star because Paul Mary is playing very well, but he's a solid left back with really good offensive skills. What about Rodriguez with Mensa? I dare to say that they are one of the best center back couples in all the league. And, and Carlos Acapo, he's a really important tool because he has this chemistry with Christian Espinoza on the on the right side so this team adding jonathan mensa and carlos grueso they really understand what they need to be solid line by line and i'm not saying that the quakes are one of the best teams in the league they that they need to complete some uh paths to get there but they are a team that they are evolving that they show that they can be competitive, and they are a team that gives you all the time the sensation that they can get the result. Maybe not with a, a football champagne, with a tiki-taka style, but with solidity, you know? A, a team that really knows how to play, a team that really know how to behave on the pitch and adapt to their adversaries, and it's, it's been a good ride, but especially with what happened, and you can tell on the faces of the players and Luchi Gonzalez that it, there is really this union, this chemistry, this bonding in the group, and that's as important as the team has to play on the pitch. We're visiting with Max Cordaro of MLS Season Pass on Apple TV Spanish language side. I mean, San Jose 3-2-2 two, and two to start, but at home in particular, they have been fantastic. 3-0-1, oh, five goals scored, two goals conceded, and two shutouts. You mentioned um, how strong they've been defensively, which is a scary proposition for a sporting Kansas City team that has really struggled to find the back of the net 
are there any weaknesses defensively, Max, that you've seen? Like, what, what areas in, could this Sporting Kansas City attack get themselves in good position to score goals, which is something they'll be looking to do in addition to hopefully getting their first win this week? And I know that's a big focus. I think that um, this was one thing that the Vancouver Whitecaps did back in that game is the counterattack. Because, of course, playing at People Park, the Quakes, they will be even more aggressive filling their lines. Uh, the back four, even near the, the center of the pitch. So there, you could have some spaces to counterattack, especially from the sidelines, and generate some one versus one. I think that is one of the few options that Vermeer could have to, to get some goals in Papal Park because on um, set pieces, uh, Rodriguez and Mensa are huge in defensive phase and in offensive phase. Uh, <clears throat> when you try to attack maybe in a slower transition, uh, Paul Mary and a couple are really good in one versus one, and the players like Espinoza and Kate Cowell they really collaborate with the with the backs to even have two versus one and get back the ball. And in the midfield, now with Bresso, it's really complicated because you have a player like Jamiro Monteiro that is like, I don't know, he's all over the place. It's, he's really, really uh, a complete player with the kind of work that you don't notice because maybe he doesn't do that skill play. But tactically, he really gives a hand to, to all the team. And, well, Jackson Yule, uh, I, I'm agree with Nate. He, he was the best uh, at Harrison, at New Jersey, uh, last week. He, he's on a, maybe one of the best times uh, of his career. So this is a very compact team. But they have the inspiration. They have the objective to win this game taken in consideration with the profile that supporting Kansas City is arriving to San Jose this weekend. So I think the counterattack could be a, a, a really good tool for supporting Kansas City and, of course, be as solid as they can in the defensive phase. All right, Max, as we wrap it up, uh, we, we, we touched on it briefly, uh, our date in New York City. Friday night, I meet Max for the first time, and he tells me he's going into Manhattan. <laughs> and at first, I was just going to be lame and sit in my hotel room in Harrison. And I thought, man, I love New York so much. Can I tag along? So Max hadn't been in ten, since he was 10 years old. And a uh, wonderful story, by the way, to go see Italy play in the World Cup. Was it the semis, Max? Uh I watched the quarterfinal match in uh, Boston, in Foxborough, between Italy and Spain. An unforgettable goal by Roberto Baggio. And then we were about to, to see that semifinal match between Italy and, and, uh, and Bulgaria. But, <clears throat> well, my, my mom was pregnant and she wasn't feeling too good. So my dad told me, I know that this is a lifetime opportunity for us, but family comes first. So... We got back to Venezuela. 
that's when I said, Max, you're my guy. You're my guy right here. You know, it was that was that discussion was had over Magnolia cupcakes at Rockefeller Center. How romantic is <laughs> that? I know the best oh, part. Wow. So, like, we still have uh, our sporting broadcast group chat from years past of our local TV broadcast. It's still going strong. And uh, I got a full album of photos shared from Nate. It really was. I'm like, are you telling us about like your first date with somebody? Like, should I should I tell Kelly what's going yeah. on over here? No, it looked like so much fun and. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad that you guys got to connect and and hopefully that just continues to make um, our show and working in this league even uh, even more special. Just getting to meet so many uh, talented broadcasters from all over the country, all over the league. And, and Max, you're certainly one of those. So we appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, thanks for hanging with our, our buddy Nate in New York and uh, sharing that that uh, evening and that day, just getting to explore. There's nothing that he loves more. Nobody loves New York City more than Nate Bucati. I, I might. He had to listen oh. to a long story about <laughs> oh, my engagement to Kelly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that story was uh, fantastic. And <clears throat> for me, it was uh, an incredible experience because you can tell just in a few hours that Nate is not just a great professional, but it's a fantastic human being. So uh, I really hope to see you soon, Mace. The check is in the mail, Max. I, I mean, well, I I'm mean we're start cutting that for right our <laughs> promo. Yeah, Nate, I was about to say, just stop, stop, stop. Yeah, cut it cut it right bad. here. I'm getting way too big of a head. Max, I, the feeling is more than mutual, man. It really is. And it was an honor to get to work with you. I think that, hey, if you're uh, if you're watching this game this coming weekend, check out a little Spanish language. Check out the analysis from Max and pick up some Spanish on the way. That's that function on the Apple TV app as well if you're not listening to yeah. Ali on the radio. So have a great call, Max, and our paths will cross soon, my friend. Thanks, Max. Thank you very much, guys. It was a pleasure. All right. We will take a quick break. When we come back, we will wrap things up here on this week's Sporting Kansas City show as we get you set for Sporting Kansas City taking on the San Jose Earthquakes on the road this weekend. That is on the other side of the break. Stick with us. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we are back to wrap things up on this week's edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. Getting set for match day number eight. Sporting Kansas City still looking for that first win. It's been a frustrating start to the season for the team, for the fans. And today after training, Graham Zusi was asked about the fan perspective and what his message is to the Sporting Kansas City supporters. Yeah, listen, we we feel the support of our fans and, and we share their frustration. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, we're we're in this together for sure. You know, we, we that's that's been a, a staple of this club is is how um, uh, how much we've leaned on the fans and, and vice versa. We 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 love our our fans and, and um, even at this moment, you know, we we go out there every weekend and. We see the the stadium full and and they're loud and and driving us on. So we appreciate it um, as always. Um, and uh, I, I can promise you, the way we're working out here on the on the training field and, and the way we work on the field, um, things will turn around. It, it's it's only uh, I can't see it any other way um, because of of our mentality and. and and our effort. So um, we appreciate them being there every weekend and um, stick with us. It's 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 going to turn around for sure. All right. So there is Graham Zussi and, and nobody knows, you know, these fans like Graham Zussi has. He spent his entire uh, 15 season career here in Kansas City and 
you know, just said that we share in that frustration. And and one of the staples of this club has been that support on both sides, that the team leans on the fans and the fans lean on the team. And, and so it's, it's something that the players feel. And I know sometimes for fans that can maybe be hard to understand at times, but, you know, hopefully, uh, and I know for the players, they want to start giving the fans those results that they come out and cheer for, you know, at Children's Mercy Park and, you know, just want to see that turnaround happen sooner rather rather than later. Because you mentioned it earlier in the show, Nate, you know, not running out of time is important. And, and this team knows just from last season when things looked a lot more bleak at the start of the year, um, they know how quickly you can run out of games to get to get those points. Yeah. And and look. I would rather have an angry fan base than an apathetic fan base. Absolutely. You know, the worst thing you can have is people not care. And especially in Kansas City, there's a lot to compete with on the sports calendar. You know, the Chiefs are going to take everybody's attention right now. The draft is coming up. There are a lot of other things in Kansas City that that uh, that can draw attention away from your team. And so you if you have fans that are mad when you're underperforming, you should be grateful for it. And I think that, that Graham Zussi gets that. I think that Sporting Kansas City gets that because if they're mad, that means they're invested and they care. You know, you can disagree maybe on what the cause of the problems are, all those types of things. But to have a fan base that's actively engaged and wants and demands results is a privilege. And I'm, I'm glad we're in a city like that where people, people, you know, people want, they care about whether or not this team does well. Yeah. Well, and speaking of the Chiefs and part owner of Sporting Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, uh, congrats to him because he was named to Times 2023 list of most influential people. So that is a pretty incredible honor considering he's, what, 27 years old, uh, two-time Super Bowl champ and a number of other just accomplishments at his young age and doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. But uh, yeah, just congrats to... uh, the owner of just about every sports team that he doesn't play for here yeah. in uh, in Kansas City. And the Denver Broncos as well. <laughs> and the Denver ah. Broncos. And let's be yeah. honest, Nate, the entire AFC West. The entire West. league. Um, but looking ahead to this weekend, Sporting Kansas City on the road against the San Jose Earthquakes. That'll be a 9.30 central kick here uh, in Kansas City. We'll have the call on Sports Radio 810. Of course, you can watch on the MLS Season Pass on the Apple TV app. Nate, you've actually had a chance. I, this has been great because I feel like a lot of Sporting's opponents, you've had a chance to call yeah. not just one of their games, but like a couple of them. Yeah. Um, you know, Luchi Gonzalez, the new head coach of the San Jose Earthquakes team, they were a team last year that was very well known for scoring a lot of goals and giving up a lot of goals, results in a lot of very chaotic um just chaotic games which you know we're we're used to at times in major league soccer but uh defensively they they've shored things up and have been dangerous offensively as well and I think uh have you know looked like a team that maybe not one of the best in major league soccer but certainly a team that I think uh is going to give you a good game week in and week out what have you seen from them in, in your uh, two instances calling games for them and just what you've tracked this season. Yeah, the, the, Lucha Gonzalez has has gotten rid of the chaos and there's organization there. Uh, there's you know there's an idea of how to play. There's a system in place. The guys are bought into it and it's a system that's that you can actually play. Mm-hmm. That, you know that doesn't that doesn't lead to so much chaos. Um, they're a good team in my opinion. They have a good midfield as we discussed with Max. Um, I would say this though. They have not been creating a ton of chances by my estimation. When I don't have the stats on them in front of me when we were talking earlier. But the first game I did, they beat Colorado 1-0. They didn't have a ton of chances in that game. 
Uh, Christian Espinoza had two long-range efforts that came very close. One came close to scoring, and the other one did score. But they didn't carve open Colorado a ton in that game. Now, Colorado sat in a low block with three center backs um, and, and, and really just tried to kind of see that thing out. Um, San Jose went to St. Louis and tried to play an open game and, and got punished for it, made some big mistakes, and they lost 3 nothing. That's the only game of theirs that they've had that's been out of hand. The rest of them have all been in control, and they've had a chance in. Um, this San Jose game against the Red Bulls was a classic Red Bull game where they're, they're, nobody can have the – it's just hard to broadcast the Red Bull game because nobody ever has the ball. Because the Red Bulls are terrible at keeping it, and they're great at letting you not, or not letting you keep it. They just close you down constantly and are flying into you and fouling you, and, and three guys are on top of you as soon as you have the ball. And I thought, uh, you know, San Jose, to their credit, really played, tried to play through that chaos – and they did have some stretches where they 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 dealt with it very calmly and coolly. I mentioned Jackson Yule. He was the best player on the yeah. field in that game. But it didn't end in a lot of chances. Abobasi was 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 almost un um uninvolved, it seemed like a lot of they just couldn't get him the ball in any de- decent opportunities. Cade Cowell is very fast and pretty strong. I don't think he's a great soccer player yet. Um you have to account for his pace. Graham Zussi is going to have to account for his pace. That's a young, fast guy against a, an old, by soccer standards, right back who still has good legs and, you know, Graham, but he's not what he once was. So he's going to have to be mindful of that pace. But the soccer playing itself from Cal, to me, he's got a lot of room for growth there. But Christian Espinosa is the most underrated attacking player in Major League Soccer for my money. He leads the league in progressive carries. He leads the league in pro- progressive ca- passes received. He leads the league in expected goals plus assists per 90 minutes. He's got three goals in his last two games. Now, the first two came in penalties yep. against uh, Houston, but the goal that he scored against the Red Bulls was a wonderful goal. And by the way, the celebration afterwards, which was an homage to Romelu Lukaku's saluting of the fans after he suffered racist abuse, showed the galvanizing of the team and how they're going to respond to this whole situation. So I think they're a good team. I think they're galvanized. I think they got a chip on their shoulder. So that makes them a dangerous team. But Sporting Kansas City can limit their chances and stay in the game. And uh, I think Sporting Kansas City have every, every ability to go get a result and even maybe a win in this game. And for Sporting Kansas City, a big positive um, this week after a, se- after a start to the season where it felt like there was a new name popping up on the injury list uh, every single day, every single week. No new changes to the injury report. Manager Peter Vermee said today, not likely um, that Gotti Kinda makes the match day roster. He's been very involved in training and really ramping up in his, you know, just involvement and that's a really good sign. There haven't been any setbacks. He's getting really close. Uh, just probably not likely to feature this weekend, but the good news is that Alan Polito now has uh I think it was 65 minutes that he got in that Colorado Rapids game after making his first appearance since 2021 uh in the second half of that Philadelphia Union game. So hoping to see him more involved even maybe have 75 minutes or 80 minutes in him uh, in this game. But he has certainly been a difference maker. The the second that, you know, he started to really kind of find his rhythm in the game, um, he just provides a different look for sporting going forward and brings something up the middle too that from a creativity and, and build-up standpoint that they've just kind of been lacking at times. And so really looking forward to seeing him get more and more involved and, and find that rhythm. But uh, – Nate, from a Sporting Kansas City standpoint, uh, our good friend Max said he thinks counterattack uh, opportunities could be an area that they could 
maybe exploit the San Jose Earthquakes team at times in the game. Um, where do you think they could uh, could maybe find that winning edge? Yeah, I mean, I think that's always uh, that's always a good. I think these are two teams that are going to try to possess the ball. Yeah, which usually makes for an open game and a fun game, and hopefully that's the case because. Like I said, both sides really have not done a great job to me of creating a ton of chances in the final third. But if you play an open game like that where both teams are willing to get their fullbacks up the field and uh, try to attack some, um, that usually opens up the game a little bit. And I hope that's the case. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be interested to see. Are we ever going to see Polito and God on the field at the same time? I don't know. Uh, maybe not for now as long as they're rotating the two of them. But uh, I'm just wondering at some point if that isn't something that you try if you continue to struggle with the way things are going. Hey, they already play very different styles. Um, you know, Polito naturally just drops deeper and it is more mm -hmm. of that kind of creative playmaker. So I wouldn't hate it. I think maybe uh, yeah. down the line that, you know, I, I think once everybody's fully healthy and, and Peter Vermees has kind of been asked that question by yourself, yeah. me even just kind of trying to see what his thoughts are. And, and I think what common answer he typically goes to is just hey until uh, everybody's fully healthy and I can really see what this team looks like it's hard to you know consider any of those uh any of those tweaks if you will but that will uh that's all yet to be seen sporting Kansas City on the road this weekend taking on the San Jose Earthquakes that game is at 9 30 p.m central time you can listen to us right here myself Jacob Peterson on sports radio 810 watch on the MLS season pass on the Apple TV app and uh, hopefully cheering on Sporting to their first win of 2023 against the Earthquakes. For uh, Nate Bucati, our good friend Max Cordaro, I am Allie Trost-Martin saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you right back here next week for the Sporting Kansas City Show. Be good.